بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Dear brothers, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله that he gave us the chance to live to gain more good deeds to worship him سبحانه وتعالى to thank him for all the graces that he gave us سبحانه وتعالى you remember as our brother Zala Khair mentioned after Salah that the last week before Hajj we finalized talking about the Hadith of Jibreel the famous Hadith that Jibreel alayhi salam came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asked him some questions and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered him about these questions and we said that Hadith is very important to know and understand since we have finished alhamdulillah that's all because of the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about that hadith we are going tonight inshallah to start talking about another topic of this deen a topic that really all of us need all of us Muslims need to discuss and talk about and understand because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this case an importance or an importance that is not for any other things you can see this easily when you recite this great surah of al-shams surah al-shams Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها up to the end of the surah there is no other position in this holy book of Allah Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore 11 times about one case let's see والشمسي وضحاها وا in Arabic usually used for al-qasam for swearing you say wa wallah that's a swearing so wa here means I swear by Allah so Allah is swearing by some of his creations and that's of course allowed for him subhanahu wa ta'ala but not allowed for us so he says subhanahu wa ta'ala والشمسي وضحاها والقمر إذا تلاها والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها so these are 11 swearings Allah swore 11 times about one case this case must be so important that's why we want to talk about this case it's the case of تزكية النفس or self-purification we are required upon our deen to take care of this nafs purify it take care of it clean it make it clean enough to deserve Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those selves which is not which is not clean they don't deserve to go to Jannah or at least they didn't deserve to go to Jannah in the first place they may pass by hellfire to be clarified or to be purified then to go to Jannah so we need in this life to clean it to purify it in order to be good enough for Jannah how can we do this? we will see this inshallah within the time when we discuss this case piece by piece first of all we want to know what do we mean by al-nafs nafs in Arabic could be meaning self in English but actually translation is not the way you never say that the translation will give the same meaning of 
that translated. That's why, as you remember, we said that it's not allowed in Islam to translate the Holy Quran itself. But it's okay to translate the meaning of the Quran, but not the Quran itself. Because all translation will never be the same as the translated thing. There has to be some changes. So, next in Arabic, or still in English, actually, it is something inside us. It's not the soul. Although some people said it's the soul. No, it's not the soul. It's something else. This nafs, some scholars said there are three nafs in each person. Some of them they said, no, it's one nafs, but with three descriptions. Nafs al-Ammara, Nafs al-Lawwama, Nafs al-Mutma'inna. These are three descriptions or three selves. But let's say it's descriptions. Let's take this side and say it's three descriptions, three descriptions of one self, one nafs. Inna al-nafs la'ammaratun bis-su. In Surah Yusuf, this is one description. Ya ayyatuhal nafs al-mutma'inna. In Surah Al-Fajr. Wala uqsimu bin-nafs al-lawwama. In Surah Al-Qiyamah. So it's mentioned already in the holy book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's try to see what does it mean? What, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean by the word lawwama or ammara or mutma'inna? Lawwama is the self that really always strives with the carrier of it, the owner of it, the person, always giving him why you do this, why you do this, why you did this. While the other one, which is mutma'inna, is the self that's really, really calm and relaxing. That nafs which is goes to Jannah. Ya ayyatuhal nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya, fadkhuli fi ibadi, wadkhuli jannati. Because it's nafs mutma'inna, khalas, it's calm. It's a relaxing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that. While the other one, al nafs al-ammara, the self which is really cooperating with shaitan, trying to drag the person to follow shaitan to Jahannam, na'udhu billah. وَمَا أُبَرِّعُ نَفْسِ إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءٍ So the nafs is always ordering the owner of it to do bad things. Showing it or showing the bad things to the person like a fantastic thing. To drink alcohol to take money of the others, to steal, to kill. Showing the owner of it, the self, of course, showing the owner of it how good things he's going to get behind that action. So this nafs, cooperating with shaitan, will tell the owner of it to drink alcohol by showing him how much he was going to gain when he drinks alcohol, enjoyment, laughing, fun, or the self, Ammara, Ammara Tumbisu, will tell the owner of it how much he will gain if he go for Zina, na'udhu billah. How much satisfaction, how much enjoyment he is going to get with Zina. But it does not tell him what is going to happen with this satisfaction. What other problems, what other mistakes, what other really major problems he is going to gain when he goes for Zina, na'udhu billah. She does not tell him about that. Because she is cooperating with shaitan against the owner of it. This is the An-Nafs Al-Ammara. Then, let's go back to this surah. Surah Al-Shalf, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. We were in level swearing to tell us how important to clean it. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا They are successful people, those who, ones who are making themselves purified, clean. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا He is a loser who, who makes the, the opposite. Before talking about how to do this, how to purify ourselves, we need to talk about the case which is in the beginning or as an introduction about this case, the case of the self or the nafs. In order to be capable of talking about how to do that. 
So we knew that every one of us have a nafs inside him and this nafs having three descriptions then we will deal with this nafs in these cases because some people say where are we? We cannot see them. We cannot touch them. We cannot smell them. We cannot taste them. Using these human beings' sins. No. Because human beings' sins are not capable of catching or seeing everything. So we need me here to understand how to deal with this nafs in order to make it in the right track. And inside us there is a battle. Or there are battles to make this self in the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To avoid falling in the track of shaitan. Because nafs al ammarat al is dragging us to follow shaitan in his track. And you know what it, where it takes. You know where this track of shaitan takes. It takes to Jahannam, na'udhu billah. While in nafs al-lawamah and in nafs al-mutma'inna will drag the owner of it to the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you know where this track is going to lead to lead to Jannah so in this case we need to help out al-nafs al-lawama wal-nafs al-mutma'inna against al-nafs al-ammara tabissu those people who have purified themselves they deserve to go to Jannah that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore 11 times in the surah that the persons who are purifying themselves are the, the, the successful people the winner people while the others who, do, who fail to purify themselves they are losers and their lose is not a regular lose sorry not a regular lose it is a major lose it is a losing for everything he is not only losing the money or children or even life he is losing the happiness in dunya and the akhir both of them what are we doing in our life? all our efforts we are doing in our life is trying to gain the happiness in dunya and happiness in the judgment day and in jannah all our efforts gaining more money having children having houses cars so on all of these our major goal is to have happiness and happiness cannot be given by these material things they are only a reason to reach the happiness if we if we use them to reach the true happiness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about happiness could be by leaving some of our desires a person wants to enjoy food but he cannot enjoy any food only certain food is allowed for him some other food is haram for him he cannot take it it's forbidden for him so he should tell himself not to eat that although she the, 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 his self or himself wants to eat these things as we gave an example of drinking alcohol some people think that drinking alcohol or uh, taking drugs will give them some kind of happiness. And nafs al-ammara is trying to push them to use these things to enjoy life, to have happiness. But he know, a true Muslim know, knows that this is not the way. And shaitan and the nafs ammara are really cooperating to put him down to follow shaitan in this case. So when he drinks alcohol, he may have some kind of enjoyment in the time being, but how much he is going to lose because of that. Let's go back a little bit what we have said before. A human being is actually is a combination of soul and body. Soul and body. The body needs its food in order to live. Our also the, the soul needs its own food in order to live. So we have to feed both. Unfortunately, lots of people in this life, from mankind, whether they are Muslims or Kafir, 
Lots of them, they care only about the body. And they forget the soul. So they feed the body. They give the body what it needs. From food, or drink, or clothes, or enjoyment. But they do not give the soul what it needs. What does the soul need? What kind of food? What kind of clothes? No. That's not it. Soul needs something different. Soul needs to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Soul will enjoy only to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alladheena amanu wa tatma'innu quloobuhum bi dhikrillah. Ala bi dhikrillah tatma'innu al-quloob. Those calm hearts, calm souls, only for the people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are we getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By distance? No. We are getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reading and reciting His holy book, by practicing what He told us to do, by refraining from doing what He told us not to do. That is really getting us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember the hadith? What's the hadith? What's the hadith is the words and, and me, the meaning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but it is told that to Allah said subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad said, Allah said, Allah Ta'ala. In that hadith, he told us, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهِ The slave is getting closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala by what? By doing what Allah told him to do. After Tariwa, Maktubah, Salah, Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, Fajr, he also does some extra Salah. This extra salah called nawafil. Nawafil, Allah loves them. So he gets closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more he does of these nawafil. Fasting Ramadan is a must. But good people will not only fast Ramadan but will fast some more other days. Like Monday and Thursday. Like six, day, six days of Shawwal. Day, the day of Arafah. Day of Ashura and so on. This will get the person closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهِ Ah. What is the result? Allah will love him. And if Allah loves us, ya Yaqi, what, what, what do you expect from this life? If Allah loves us, how are we going to live? A fantastic life. Because he subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of us. And if Allah is taking, taking care of us, why do we care about the others? If Allah is with us, why do we care about the others? But Allah will not be with everyone. Even if he says, Dayla Allah Muhammad Rasulullah, he prays. Allah will be only with the good people. Allah waliyu alladheena amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila al-nur. Walladheena kabar wa awliyahum al-taghut yukhrijunahum min al-nur ila al-dhulumati. Allah waliyu alladheena amanu. Those good moments, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be their wali. Then he takes care of them. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves them. He helps them out. And if Allah is with us, why do we care? Would you see <coughs> the way that Muhammad sallallahu lived? The lifetime of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last story of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the lifetime of Sahaba after him. How do they live? They lived with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad he leaves his bed and he stands to pray. Why? He wants to be hurted? He wants to be tired? He doesn't want his wife? No. But he enjoys standing in the night, in the darkness where nobody sees him to talk to the great subhanahu wa ta'ala. To talk to Al-Azim subhanahu wa ta'ala, to talk to Allah. To recite his words. That's why his heart, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was so calm. He was the calmest heart in this world, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alladheena amanu wa tatma'innu quloobuhum bi dhikrillah. Ala bi dhikrillahi tatma'innu quloob. These hearts, when they are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't care, care about dunya. They don't run after more money and more children. This. They don't care about this. this. They think that these things only just 
material to be used in this life in order to reach the big goal, the greatest goal, the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is satisfied with someone, his dunya and his money and his everything is nothing for him. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is satisfied with the person, he will make him happy in this life and happy in the judgment day. That's what we are looking for. That's what everyone, including the Kavari, if you ask a Kavari, why are you running in this life like an animal, like a beast, running for money and food and enjoyment and this and that, why? He will tell you that he wants happiness. Poor guy. He did not find the right way for happiness. He goes that happiness in food. So he ate more than he needs. So he became too fat. He heard that happiness in sex. So he did more than he is supposed. Then, then he gets general diseases and so on. He lost his children. He doesn't know this child is his, is his son or somebody's son. He heard that happiness is in alcohol, in drugs. And he got as much as he wants or he could of that. And he ended up as a reject, addict person. He cannot even live in this life, so he goes for society. Is this the happiness we are looking for? No. The happiness is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who created us and he knows the best about us subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us our happiness is only to recite his book and follow what he told us to do and live like the others, but different than the others. We Muslims are not the same as the others. No way. Because we are a carrier, we are carrying we are carrying a great message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are submitting. We are going over this mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to save people from hellfire. Every Muslim is required, as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in his correct hadith, بَلِّغُوا عَنِّي وَلَوْ آيَةٍ You should preach. Even if one ayah, you know the meaning of it, you should preach it to the others. Because we have a message in our life. What is our message? And what is the Kafirin message? The Kafirin message is to eat, to enjoy as they say. That's why they do not want, they do not, do not want to die. Because they think this is the life and they are, this is what they are supposed to enjoy. That's all. Enjoy your life. Does that mean that we are not supposed to enjoy our life? Does that mean that we are not supposed as Muslims to enjoy, to enjoy our life? No. We will enjoy our life, but the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The enjoyment, the true enjoyment is to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if we satisfy both the body and the soul, we will live happily. But if we take care of one and leave the other, we will not be happy. As we said, we get so, many, so much examples of those people are, nowadays, they are taking care of the body only. Or giving very, limited, giving very limited care about the soul. What about the other side, or the vice versa, or the other side of the case? See the Christians in the monasteries. What do they do? Not only Christians, also Buddhists, I think, and the other, some other yani, religions. They leave their life, they don't marry, they don't... Yani they didn't enjoy anything of their life, thinking that they are supposed to only to make ibadah or worshipping. Rahbaniyah means Rahib, the person who leaves the dunya totally. He doesn't marry, he doesn't have children, he doesn't eat much, he, does, he just keeps his life only for prayer. This is incorrect. It's incorrect. So this is bid'ah, this is novelty. Allah did not tell them to, did not tell them subhanahu wa ta'ala to be ruhban, to stay only in the monasteries and leave the dunya for the kafirin to enjoy it. No. We are supposed to live in this life to take care of our bodies. And also we are supposed to live in this life to take care of our souls. And always, always, always when you are not sure about something, Look to the best example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How did he look? Did he marry? Yes, he did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Did he eat? He did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whenever he is half food, he eats it. He never rejected anything, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as long as it's halal. 
If we find food he eats, he doesn't provide, he doesn't ask. That's his system, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That was his system. If there is food, he eats. Whatever food. Meat, milk, dates, whatever. If there is no food, he doesn't care. Once he came, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after al-fajr and after the sunrise, he came to Aisha, radiallahu anhu. And he asked her, do you have any food to eat? She said, no. Nothing in the house to eat. Allahu Akbar, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's house, there's no food to eat. Did he get angry? Did he shout to her? Did he ask for pizza or hamburger or other things? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, no. He said, then I am fasting. Khalas. He did not eat anything after Al-Fajr. He prayed Al-Fajr. He did not eat or drink anything. He came and asked for food, no food. Khalas, he is fasting. La ilaha illallah. How did he deal, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with these things? How did he deal with dunya? He doesn't care about dunya. Dunya is only something to use. Unfortunately, Muslims, a lot of Muslims now, dunya is using good. They are making it five first enough. Dunya is using us, driving us crazy in our life. Running for food like beasts, running for dunya, running for our work, for money, Subhanallah al-Azim Forgetting Forgetting what we are supposed to do That we are, we are a carrier of the Great mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Those people who are dying around us Whether they are Muslims who are dying in shirk or monotheism or in bid'ah and authority Or those kafirs who are dying all around this world Aren't we responsible in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Because we did not do our Duty towards them Have we tried to, to, to Understand Islam, teach ourselves Islam, then try to convey it to the others. Is our message in this life or our mission in life to eat and, and sleep? No. That was not the mission of Muhammad and his Sahaba. That's why you cannot find much of the graves of Sahaba in Medina. Most of the graves of the Sahaba are out of the Medina. In Jordan and Syria and Iraq and all around, they are not in Medina. Why? Because they have left the dunya for the others and they went to convey the message of Islam. And they died for it, not only just to spend a few minutes a day to make da'wah to the others. No. And some people now, they are doing some one hour or two hours a day for da'wah, mashallah, these are the, the greatest. While Sahaba, radiallahu anhu wardam, they were spending all their lives, including their souls, for La ilaha illallah. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari's grave is in Istanbul. What is he doing in that area? He was going for tourism? Astaghfirullah. He was going for jihad. To convey a message of Islam to the people in that area. How many graves of Sahaba in Syria, in Jordan, in Palestine, in Iraq, in Iran? So many. Send for a tabi'in, and tabi'in, tabi'in, and so on. Why their graves are that, these areas? Because they went to convey the message of Islam. They, they did not sit down with their children, with their wives, drink and sleep. And when three of them did that once in Tabuk battle, they were punished by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know the story of these three who did not go for the Tabuk battle. Why? Because the Sahaba and the good Muslims are not supposed to think of enjoying this dunya in the, in the, in the, in the uh, materialistic side of it. Take care of your body, yes, but don't give it more than it needs. Of sleeping, eating, drinking, enjoying, so on. Give it what it actually needs to live. That's why he told us, Allah said, in the case of food, بحسب ابن آدم القيمات. ذا ذكرنا في الحديث ما ملأ ابن آدم وعاء شرا من بطنه. No container worse than the stomach of the human being is filled. سبحان الله العظيم. بحسب ابن آدم القيمات يقول نصبه only few pieces of food and that's it. Just to make him stand still. For Salah and for other things he's supposed to do. 
not to just fill the stomach. And one of the cases I was really amazed about. Some of the Americans from Italian roots, or Italian originally, original, who came from Italy a long time ago, they told us that they have some kind of um, festival where they eat pizza, because pizza is the Italian uh, invasion, if you can call it invasion. Huh? Instead, in this festival, we, should, we are supposed to eat as much as we can, more than we can. So what we do, we eat, then we go to the bathroom, and we puke up. Then we come back and eat. A'udhu billah, That's more than even they can take. Not all they need, no, more than they can take. While a Muslim, as Muhammad told us to do, is just to eat enough to make you stand still. Strong enough to do what Allah told you to do. Why? Is it haram? No, it's not haram, but it's the case that you, we should think something else. We are too busy to think of these things. Too busy to think of food and drink and so on. Too busy to think of making big houses and gardens and so on and so on. No, this is not our case. Our palaces, our gardens are there, but not in this dunya. It's inshallah in Jannah. We should really build these gardens and palaces in Jannah by zikr. Don't you remember the hadith of Muhammad وسلم, that he told us, you say, la hawla wa la illa billah, that you are making your own palm tree in the Jannah. So every time you say one, you have one palm tree for you in there. If you wait these 12 rak'ah a day, you are building your house in Jannah. Man salla lillahi ifinta ashrata rak'atan fil yawmi wal layla, balallahu lahu biha baytan fil Jannah. Allah is building a house for you in Jannah because of these 12 rak'ah a day. Subhanallah. So really you have to care about building but not in dunya but in Jannah. And that's really for those good people who know and care about themselves and care about the others who really thinking much about purifying themselves. Then comes the question which is really needs a lot of discussion will come to us, inshallah, later on. How are we going to purify ourselves? That's really going to take us so many times, so many deaths, inshallah, we'll talk about that piece by piece. Which will include, inshallah, as our brother Sheikh Intiaz said, it will include, inshallah, talking about the heart worshipping, like love, like ikhlas, niyyah. Like being afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on. All these we'll discuss them one by one to see how far we can go in them, when it is not allowed for us to do it, when we are supposed to do it. This will clarify to us how can we get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we enjoy our life, the soul life? How can we purify ourselves so it will be clean and transparent? And good enough for Jannah. Piece by piece, inshallah, we'll go through this in the future. Inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us enough time to talk about, inshallah ta'ala, in the future. I should stop tonight in this point because I don't want to go so much. And inshallah, we'll continue in the next few weeks. Alhamdulillah, if you have any question, I'll be happy to hear it from you. Interest is not, يعني, the fatwa is not from Saudi Arabia, the fatwa is from Quran and Sunnah. Don't look to people. And even if the best scholar you know gives you a fatwa which is contradicting with the Quran or Sunnah, reject it. Don't think of this from Saudi Arabia or from India or Egypt, Azhar and so on. Don't think about it. Just think about is this really going with Quran and Sunnah or not in the other way around. Whoever the Sheikh said it. 
سبحان الله يعني الحمد لله this holy book of الله سبحانه وتعالى and the revelation of محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم is simple and easy to understand ولقد يسرنا القرآن للذكر الله make the ذكر which is Quran make it easy for people to understand all we have to do is just recite it and do our best to understand it that's it so when we come we know clearly that interest is riba that's it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the holy, his holy book that riba is kabira major sin and Muhammad sallallahu told us in his hadith that riba is a major sin not only a sin but it's a major sin الذين يأكلون الربا لا يقومون إلا كما يقوم الذي يتخبطه الشيطان من المس أعوذ بالله The person who takes riba in the judgment day he will not stand still like a person who has a gin inside him playing around with him so he cannot like a drunk person why? Muhammad Sallallahu told us that Allah has cursed the one who takes riba and the one who makes eyewitness in riba, the one who writes the riba. It's not so easy. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, this is about the riba, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us, how bad is the riba? Why are you playing around with the name of it? That's why in here, subhanAllah, Muhammad sallallahu told us that in, the, in, the, in, in some time after him, his ummah will change the names. They will call alcohol, Huh? Something else. Mashrubat. Huh? So you, nobody call whiskey as alcohol. You say a whiskey. Or champagne. Or drink. Enjoyment drink. It's alcohol. Khamr. Why you change the name? Same thing for riba. They change the name to interest. To make it easier and, and acceptable by the people. Well, it's riba. If you come and tell the people, this is riba, they say, no, no, this is not riba, this is a sheikh. Fawad, this is interest. Don't change the name. The name is the name. Just to take riba is going to destroy the society today or tomorrow or after 10 years. It will destroy. And it happens now as you see in the West now. How is this riba is destroying the economy of these lands? While in Islam, alhamdulillah, if a Muslim is using the Islamic system, the Sharia of Muhammad Sallallahu in the case on the side of the economy, he will have no trouble. He can have factories, he can have companies, and he can have all sorts of business. No problem. But in the right way of Muhammad Sallallahu without taking riba. Riba is all, only the, the, the best people in riba, or the worst people in riba, actually the Jew. Those people who have really squeezed or يعني, curved the life of the people into the battle. See how many people are really hurted with riba. They take a loan from a bank, 10 riyals for 15 riyals or 12 riyals, okay, or say 5% or 2% or 1%, and that, that the person is losing the money when he is paying to the bank while he is already a loser. So he will push on these people who are working in his factory, he will push them more, and he will squeeze them more not to pay them much because he is losing, and so on. Who will be lost in this case? The poor people. Who will be gaining this money from the riba? Those bad people who are staying in the tub, gaining more and more. Too rich. Too rich to live, to live either. Even they cannot live because they are too rich. Why do you have this called level people? Why do you have rich? So much rich people, too rich and too poor. Why? Because people are using riba and they are not paying zakah. Wallahi. Wallahi, if Muslims pay their zakah, there will be no single Muslim as a poor. And that was practically proved in the time of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Rahimahullah. You know Umar ibn Abdul Aziz was one of the Amawid Khalifa and he was counted as the fifth Khalifa after Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. In his time, nobody takes zakah. Nobody takes zakah. They bring zakah, take zakah, everyone. Because everybody is, alhamdulillah, full. In two sides. Enough money is there, plus the souls in there are really don't care about dunya. Now if you bring zakah to a rich man, a millionaire will take it. Subhanallah, because people are poor inside. Wallahi, unbelievable. I've read a story about one British. He, was, he used to eat from the garbage. He goes to the garbage and pick up things to eat. And when he died, 
they found in his account that he was a millionaire. Is this a poor man? Yes, he's a poor. Allah called him subhanahu wa ta'ala, he called him a name. Al-Mahroom. This Sa'ili wal Mahroom, this guy is Mahroom because he having no money, he cannot use it. And he's going to eat from the garbage. A'udhu billah, ishhar. Because he's Mahroom. He's poor inside. Now if you drink your zakah, 1,000 riyadhs, 10,000 riyadhs, give it to a rich man, he'll take it. Allah, unbelievable. Because people, not only they are poor, some of them are rich, but they are poor inside. They are so thirsty of the money. Like the person who is drinking from the sea. He's drinking and he needs more, money, more water. So riba actually is a big case. A Muslim has to be careful. And just remind your friend with one hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, riba is so many types. The least of it is like that a man will go and take his mother to the bed. A'udhu billah farzina. This is the least of it. How can you take it? How can a person really accept himself to do such a thing? To take his mother, I would like to do it. This is the least of the riba. Not everybody to fall in riba. Is this how is exactly this way? No, but it says that every house will have some kind of, but not everybody. Because we know that, يعني, when the hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the eyes of Allah Taala that Muslims may face trouble. May Muslims may some lots of them will go astray or will go in the wrong way, but not all of them. There will be some good people like you, Insha Allah, who stay still on the right track of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But riba. Will be spread as upon the hadith of Muhammad brother is mentioning that riba will be spread among Muslims in some times of their life that almost every house will have some, some of it. Some of the dust of riba, na'udhu Dust of riba means that some case, some small ribas will go in some of the houses or most of the houses. So nowadays you can see it clearly. You can see the buildings of riba around the Masjid al Haram. Not in Riyadh or Jeddah or India or Pakistan or uh, Iran. It's around the Masjid al-Haram. These banks who clearly tell you, you want a loan, come. Take money for 5% or 10% you pay. You sign, you want 100,000 riyals a loan, you sign for 120 or 110,000. And you, they give you only clear riba. Nowadays, of course, they are trying to play another game. They say, Khalas, okay, we'll make some kind of murabaha, uh, you know, you, you will buy some gold in Paris. We'll buy you some gold in Paris and we'll fill it for you uh, and we'll give you the, the ishal. Same tricks of Ashab al-Sabt, the Jew, who has tried to, make, to trick Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of Saturday. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them not to catch fish on Saturday, so what they do, on in, in Friday they make the net on the sea, and on Sunday they take the, the fish. Just to make tricks with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These people are trying to do this. Of course, not all of the banks, and not everybody is doing this, but there are lots of people are doing this. Some Muslims, or some good banks, they are giving you clearly, and come, you buy things, they sell it, or you sell it by yourself, then you take the money. This is called tawarruq in Arabic which is allowed in the Sharia of Islam, you can buy something, يعني, in installment as an example, if you have a car, an example, and you want to sell it, and it, يعني, it is, it will, it, you will sell it for 20,000 riyadh, I'll come to you and say, okay, I'll buy it for 30,000 riyadh, but in installment. Every month I'll give you 1,000 riyadh, as an example. Then I take your car and go and sell it for 20,000 riyadh, because I need the cash. This allowed in Islam, no problem. But are they doing this in the banks? You can see easily. Just credit card, you can use a credit card and tell them to deduct from my account same time. Is it permissible? But this is really going to happen every time? Yes. Or there are sometimes they will be... No, the card will be used when I have money in my account. 
Sometimes you will have interest. They, sometimes they will take money for this. Sometimes you cannot pay, so you have to pay interest. Totally free. Totally free. Free is another case. If they are there and they're not going, they're going to take any interest on it, it's another case. But I think, I don't think there's a bank that's giving free. Unless there's a free limited bank. Otherwise they are going to take interest somewhere else. They're not going to give you the card freely. There are something behind it. And if free, the hadith of Muhammad Sallam, Every loan will drag with it some kind of benefits, it's a riba. doesn't have to be money. And if someone comes and says, I'll give you a loan, 30,000 riyals. Okay? You will give me back 30,000 No more. Just only give it to me after two years, 30,000 riyals. No more. But I want you to give me uh, such and such thing. Ah, this is extra. This is riba. doesn't have to be the same money. Maybe uh, you will give me your car for some time, or you give me this, or give me some gifts, or give me some, uh, some wasta, your work, make me this, allow me to do this, uh, find me a way. This is riba. Clear and easy. Yes, brother. What do you mean by asking people? Ah, you mean, you mean, يعني قرض, يعني loan from a... Oh yes, but for what? For an interest. But if you have a brother, يعني القرض, القرض, القرض الحسن, which is supposed to be among Muslims, rich people should help their brothers in Islam and give them a loan without interest. يعني if we have one person is rich, some other persons are not rich and they need money and for any reason, for problems or whatever, they should go to this Muslim and he, uh, they ask him for a loan, an Islamic loan. 30,000 riyadh or 10,000 riyadh. What type? The Prophet tells me, what is he going to get? This rich man. I'm giving you 30,000 and give me the back 30, after two years. So you are holding my money with no interest. No, there's a big interest in there with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, if you take a loan but without riba. As I told you, there are some banks now, I think, they are giving you a loan but in, in, not in direct money, you can buy and sell. Yes, yes. For sure they are not doing riba, that's for sure. But is it going to, be, to have some interest? I'm sure not they are not doing this. But I'm, not sure, I'm sure also that the, the Jew will not give it freely. So I cannot answer this question. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm sure that Sahaba will not do riba. Unless this is before that Allah Ta'ala prohibited riba. Because you remember, even alcohol was not prohibited in the beginning. So maybe riba was the same thing. Because we know that most of the haram and halal cases was in Medina. So there are 13 years before going to Medina, before Hijrah. There were no haram and halal in this case, especially in riba and alcohol. So Sahaba used to drink alcohol, some of them used to drink it a lot. But it was prohibited, prohibited gradually. Same thing for the case of riba. Maybe that time when the Sahaba used to take from uh, Jew and the others, it was not prohibited to take for with the, يعني, uh, even Muhammad Sallallahu But I think the case of Muhammad Sallallahu differs in this case because he gives what you call it um, rahm. What is it in English? You, give, and you come to take some money from a person and you leave with him something for granted. Mortgage. For example, I want to take a loan from you and you say, yani, how are you going to pay to me? What if you don't pay to me? I don't trust you. So I'll give you, okay, I'll give you my yani, uh, house papers. That if I cannot pay you on such and such day, you can sell my house and take your money to guarantee. Muhammad Sallallahu died and his bir'ah, which is for war, was with a Jew for some food he took from him as a loan. Do you think that Muhammad Sallallahu will take riba? Of course not. So it could be maybe this way, and just to guarantee. What is the Jew going to get out of this? I cannot really say. Uh,
Inshallah, in next week, inshallah, we'll talk more about the case of uh, self-purification. If you have any, any notes or uh, questions about it, let me know. Inshallah, we'll make it, try to make our yani, dars is better and better. Yes, Mm-hmm. Okay, alcohol itself is prohibited. But what I discovered later on, I think uh, Sheikh bin Atameen and some other Sheikhs also, they said that alcohol is two types. Ethylene alcohol is not allowed, which is going to make the person drunk. The other kind, I cannot remember the name of it, does not make the person drunk. This alcohol is used to milk the perfume. Yani, uh, things so it will be capable of be, being yani, uh, used this is not haram in this case so this ta- the second type of alcohol here is not the alcohol actually is not the ca- alcohol that would make a person drunk so it is allowed what's that? 12 yes, yeah, 12 yes. there are 4 before the door Four rakah before that. Two with Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Another two with Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. This is the, the, the case. Although I think Hanafis they don't do this. They do it four altogether. I have said, uh, seen this on uh, uh, the book Fal Hidayah for Al Mirghanani. He's saying that four rakahs with one salam. Actually, it should be two rakahs. Two rakahs. That's what we mentioned before. So four, four before the door and two after it. No, four. Yeah, two, two before the door. Two after it. That's six. Two after the Maghrib. Eight. Two after the Isha, is still two before the Fajr, is after. And Muhammad said, Allah Allah A house in Jannah. What do you expect? Like our house from mud or from uh, cement and other things? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And if you, and if you have a house, and you put this in point, if you have a house in Jannah, that means you have to go there. Whether in the first place or after going to Jahannam, now it will be for some time. But your end is there. So do your best not to go to Jahannam at all, inshallah, and go directly to Jahannam. Because your house is waiting for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You yes, you can do it after. Because Muhammad sallallahu missed it once and he did it after al-Asr even. So that's called qaba. Qaba means to do things after the time is gone. Jazakum Allah khair, inshallah, see you inshallah next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.